2022 ACB Virtual DC Leadership Meetings will be held Saturday, March 12th through Tuesday, March 15th. Registration is $20 for ACB members and $30 for non-members. ACB members were sent a discount code via email. If you are an ACB member and did not receive the discount code, please call the Minneapolis office at 612-332-3242. Registration closes March 9th. Visit acb.org for more information or register at https slash slash tinyurl.com slash 2022-DC-Leadership-Meetings. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening and welcome to Tuesday Topics. I'm Paul Edwards and thank you, Mike Moran, for that lovely introduction. And um, I, 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 so, sometime I'm going to understand what a tiny URL is. I have this notion of, um, of this, this, little, this little elf disguised as, a, um, as, as an application. So, but I, I, it, I've only seen it for the last year or so. So um it's 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 a it's a very young elf yep anyway um welcome to tuesday topics um it it's a it's a slightly unusual tuesday topics because uh unfortunately i had two things planned um for this evening uh neither of which is happening um the uh, one of them was a uh, a sort of a major production that we were going to do having to do with uh, uh, Derward K. McDaniel first timers. And that is now scheduled for the 22th or the 22nd of this month. And the other was one of two interview programs. And unfortunately, uh, neither was confirmed for tonight. So instead, we're going to do one of our famous off-the-cuff Tuesday topics and pray a lot. Uh, I pray a lot because I'm I'm never quite sure uh, whether people are going to have seen my messages calling upon them to turn up and talk about uh, some of the things that uh, that that are or at least are going through my head uh, at the time, and so there are three thoughts that I had for tonight in terms of things that we could talk about, and 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 I suppose I. I should and will, uh, before I actually get into those, welcome my my two partners in crime here, Mr. Rick Morin and uh, and Mr. Larry Gassman. Word is Gassman, and uh, so welcome to you two. Um, it it is a pleasure to continue to have you two ACB employees as the ongoing people who make Tuesday topics happen. So welcome, you guys. Well, thank you. Thank Paul. you, Paul. Yeah. Would, would not miss that for anything. Well, good. That's a, that is an excellent thing. So um, Tuesday topics um, tonight has has three thoughts that I had. And I may not be doing them in the right order, and, and we'll see if I can even remember all three. One, uh, as as people know, I have been fascinated lately uh, uh, by the idea of nonverbal communications. And uh, one of the elements of that is understanding pictures. 
Um, and so one of the things that I thought we might talk about at some point during Tuesday topics tonight is how do um, people who are born blind um, perceive pictures? Do, do they understand them? And, and perhaps importantly, do they even care? Um, which, which is, of course, an, an entirely different issue. Um, I remember attending a, an ACB convention. I think I wrote this in my in my introduction to this, where one of the exhibitors had a a whole series of tactile pictures of various animals, and I had been attending exhibits with my friend Brian Charlson, and. I'm looking at these um, animals, and and I've I don't think I I could probably tell they were animals just because of some of the conventions that I'd learned from books that I'd looked at, like um, the Boy Scout Handbook produced by the Royal National Institute for the Blind when I was a little kid, and so I, I sort of had an idea they were animals, but. But my friend Brian was sort of walking up to these things and, and identifying that, oh yes, this is an this is an antelope, um, and it may or may not be pregnant. Like, yeah, right. But of course, he was absolutely correct. He is also totally blind, but he had had vision until he was eleven. So obviously, that had made a huge difference in terms of his ability to translate the visual to the tactile and to be able to understand it. So um, that, that was intriguing to me. But my, so my question is, one, is it, is it that I never paid enough attention to pictures or that I didn't get enough training in terms of pictures or that, um, or that I didn't care? Um, you know, one of the things that people who have been totally blind and actually get some vision back um, say is that, the thing that bothers them most about having some vision, and Rick, maybe you can talk to this some, uh, is that people who have um, who, who get vision and 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 haven't had it before are really bothered by the way the size of things changes depending on how far away from them you are. So. For instance, they'll try to use their eyes to put a key into a keyhole to open their front door, and they will find it virtually impossible to do simply because they are, they, they are not used to something being of, of, of a, a different size depending on how far away from it you are. Does that make sense to you, Rick? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have any depth perception, and um, so, uh, yes, it makes sense. Yes, yes, yep. yes. So, uh, Larry, you're, you've been, you've been total all your life, pretty much. Uh, all my life so far, yeah. And I'm, I have light perception. Well, see, I, I, but not I a great this, deal. Yeah, I have this, I have this notion that I could see perfectly until. Until I was about a week old, and then the incubator did its job. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, I was I was born fully sighted, man. Yeah. Uh, how they can uh, argue with that? They really can't. No, they can't. No, I mean it's, it's true. But uh, the the one week of vision did me absolutely no good. 
<laughs> and I have very little memory of it. But but I also have, you know, I have no notion of what people can possibly mean by such things as as um, things being different sizes depending how far away you are. I mean, that just is things are the same size. I mean, a keyhole is a keyhole is a keyhole. You know, a lock is a lock is a lock. Yeah, that's what I always uh, assumed. I didn't yeah, know they you know, changed sizes depending on how far you were from them. The people told me yeah. this, but I said, I can't, it's like telling me that the sky is blue and they look like, and I said, I have no concept of that. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. And, and a, you know, a plate is a plate, but, uh-huh. but, if, but if you're sitting back in your chair, it's a different size and a different shape. It's it's all very bizarre. Yeah. But 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 that's that's the question. Is it are, are are we missing a lot as totally blind people by being entirely denied access to an understanding of of what is considered one of the most important um, capacities of human beings that is to paint pictures which which have meaning and value because uh, because they express visually things that can't be expressed in any other way what's the old adage out of sight out of mind I guess yeah. I, mean, I don't I well, don't miss it because I don't I never had it now does that translate to all blind people are insane uh, I, well, I can think of some personally you. <laughs> um, so, Rick, are, are, is art valuable? Jump is in what? for a minute. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Jane. And it's, it's Jane. I grew up in a family of, with two older brothers, mother, dad for a while, grandmother, um, and a wonderful family helper. But my twin and I were born three months preemie and became blind in the usual suspicious way because of the incubators. Sure. Right. But in my family, my mother taught us about shapes and colors. We handled so much that so many yep. parents told her, my kids didn't do that. I wouldn't let them. I was afraid they'd eat them. And she said, if they eat them, they'll either throw up or quit. You know, but she would describe colors. She might say something like, the blue of the late August sky is so deep that you don't know if it's hot or cold. And I created uh, an imagination about how to understand color from her descriptions but i don't know if they're legit and as far as size of things goes i remember learning the only way i recognize that things may be differently shaped if you're way back here looking at them is because if i stand at one end of the gym and speak quietly it's a certain sound, but if I stand at the other yeah. end and speak quietly, you're not going to hear me. So I thought, well, if sound changes, everything else must change. But well, that makes, I still have a concrete picture of what I sure that makes sense. And, yeah. and and I and I understand what you mean. I I was uh, I was married to a lady named Gail Krause, who 
um, who died, who had an uncanny sense of color. She was she was totally blind and had been virtually all of her life. I you know she may have had a tiny bit of vision in the sort of zero to two stuff, but she really had virtually none. And what she did as a as a secondary career uh, was to sell Mary Kay products, and she was very good at determining exactly what colors were right for yeah. which people. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it was a mystery to me. I, I couldn't have done it. I well, mean, I well, would have I flipped the coin. <laughs> so many people I met. At, well, the other uh, significant thing is that in my family of origin, we weren't uh, encouraged. And I guess I would even say we weren't allowed very often to be around other children who were blind because our family didn't want us to develop any of those habits. It's another which, whole subject. Yeah. Yep. But I remember the first time somebody said to me, I don't give a blank about what color it is. I can't see it. I don't care. And that was such a shock to me because I had been taught so much that I had to exist in a visually oriented world. And, it was and, but a but the question, Jane, the question is, do you care? And, and if so, why? Uh, I care because I want to understand how other people operate. In my Got life it. today, I don't care. It's like, so, how come yeah. you all, you sight-dependent people, why don't you give a flying rip about what I know or what yeah. I hear? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it's but, been a process. Uh, th th but there haven't. That there, there isn't any any tangible benefit that you see from from visual stuff and colors. No, other than it's such a pleasure to people to see a beautiful sunset. Now that would be worth it, or for me, right. a sunrise. You know, but I just want to. I, I want to know because I want to be able to relate to you. The sighted person. Sure. Otherwise, I don't care. Sure. So, Larry, is there ever anything that you've really wanted to see, like a like like a sunrise or a sunset or a person's oh, face or, or only because care? only because people told me about them. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was nothing that I said. Oh wow, I want to see yeah. that. It would be nice to see it, but I know that I can't. But I do know that people mentioned how lovely a sunset is and a sunrise. So it'd be kind of interesting to see that. But but I know that that's certainly not possible. So it's okay. I agree with you. It's okay because as as a person who is blind, you learn to pay attention with everything you've got. And you know if your kid is sticking its tongue out at you, sure. how would you not know? <laughs> sure, you do. I, I think. I think the other. I think the other question is: Are we? And Jane, it doesn't sound like you were. So, it, so it's interesting. I, I, what I was asking is: Are we? Are we deprived by not being able to understand all these components? And if if people started to introduce us to these things earlier and explain them better to us, um, would we have a better understanding of, of, of visual interactions and visual interfaces? Or, or are we forever 
deprived of it because of the fact that we simply don't have the the, the visual wherewithal to comprehend what we're being what we're what we're being told. Um, I don't know the answer, but I think it's it's an interesting question. I know they're doing some experiments now where kids at a relatively young age are being encouraged to look at pictures and where people are um, are are making efforts to identify colors. For example, um, some of the newer devices that are that are coming out that are supposed to enable the production of pictures on, on devices with dots um, are being are being made so that different colors get different thicknesses of dots so that people can actually differentiate the colors of, of different things based based on height differentiation. Yeah. But there are all kinds of ways to distinguish colors. Um, mm -hmm. when you think about, you know, if it's well, if it's the color yellow that is associated with butter, that's pretty edible. I like that color. See, or, I, I, but, and, and, and here's, here's the weird thing, and, and, and Larry will get you to comment on this too, if, if, if you have any. What I associated yellow with all my young life was, was uh, urine, and so I never wanted to wear yellow shirts. Well, I don't either, for another reason, but... <laughs> So, Larry, did you did you have any sense of the color yellow? No, only by association, yeah, um, right. only by what people told me. That's and the same with any color. Corn or butter or gold or honey. Honey, yeah. See. Mm. Oh, I didn't. Honey is yellow. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> really? Gosh, it's amazing what you learn when you become an employee of ACB. That's right. See. <laughs> but you know, it, Rick is honey. Is honey yellow? When I when I was young, I used to have some vision, and then a traumatic thing happened, and I lost it. And I thought that the color that I would miss actually seeing, however little or much I could, would be red. But the color I miss most is yellow because I love daffodils and sunflowers and. Things that are yellow that I know. Oh, see? It's association. Yeah. So, so Rick is honey yellow. There's different shades of honey. Yeah, there. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know this. <laughs> yeah, there's different shades of honey, honey. Lots. All right. <laughs> well, um, interesting. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I'm finding this conversation very interesting. I mean, I'm a I'm low vision, and you know, I've always had some amount of vision. And I, it's always um, intrigued me. You know, these concepts have always been something that I've wondered about. Um, you know, for those folks who, you know, were, yeah, I, you know, I, I know people here who are totally blind who almost approach some of these issues with anger um, when when they get brought up. You know. Um, um, you know, it, it, you know, I really don't care about that. You know, I've been faced with it from time to time, but um, it, it's interesting. And when you read, right? I mean, you do a lot of reading, sure. And certainly, you know, the stuff you read is describing things, and and color has got to be a big, you know, and 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 also trying to you know uh, describe you know people what they look like and that type of thing. How do you process that information? I, I think it's what. 
I, or, or for me, and, and, and we can ask um, Larry and Jane too, but I, I think for, for me, um, everything that I read contributes to my understanding of color and, yes. and to my understanding of, of what vision is. Uh, and, 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 you know, clearly it was, it was either from listening to people or from reading that I, that I realized that, that, uh, that, that yellow was the color of urine, or, or at least thought I realized that. Um, I, I, I also thought that yellow was the color of, of rain slickers. Um, and, mm, and I used to yes. hate the smell of those things. I just hated them. I thought they the smelled oil awful. Cloth. The oil cloth well, are, yeah, the, the oil cloth or rubber. But they, yes. I mean, they, they just smelled ucky. I didn't like them. And so I associated that with yellow as well. Um, but, but I had loads of associations with the, with the different colors. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think the more I've read, the, 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 the more nuanced my sense of colors has become. Um, but is it, is it by any means perfect? No. I mean, I, I still there. There are various colors of blue, and I'm not sure I could distinguish among them, mm-hmm. or that, or that I could, for instance, grade them from brightest to darkest. Right, Paul. Did you ever, because you don't have sight, although you had some, you said you had some early on. Well, for the first, I, I think for I had a first, little tiny we, bit of light perception. Well, for, that, for that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, yeah, but. For for me, because I don't have sight except for except for some light perception, mm-hmm. um, I have a hard time remembering all of the associations. I remember a few that have been mentioned to me over and over and over again, but I don't remember them all because if you don't think about it, oftentimes mm-hmm. it, it just drops out of your mind, and you have to either be reminded by a memory or reminded by somebody who says, "Don't you know that." I, that's a difficult thing for me to remember all of those associations. I may remember the key ones. And, and it's, it's various things are, are there and various things aren't. You were going to say it, Jane? When I talk to high schoolers or middle schoolers, um, I love to have them do a writing task, which is describe everything that happened to you from the time you woke up until you left for school. Only talk to me about the things you heard and then rewrite it about the things you smelled or the things you touched or the things that touched you. And it's pretty interesting how they cannot get away from visual insertions of color and shapes and sizes. I said, how would you have heard that the door was a rectangle? So it's, it's, the same is true for me. I, when I set aside what I know visually, the world is a, an amazingly different place for me. Mm-hmm. And when I, when I try to write to describe people, I go, Jane, how do you know that a frown is this way? So I have to think, how would I communicate that without saying, his mouth turned down in a frown. We're, we're, we're going to get to this later on, if uh, assuming we, we we get to all three subjects. But but uh, of course, that's one of the that's that's one of the big issues. Um, there are some blind people who love to feel uh, other people's faces, and and they they <laughs> they, they, they claim they want to do it. Um, 
because it deepens our understanding of what that person quote looks unquote like. Um, I disagree. I don't. I don't want to feel anybody's face. You want to touch? Never mind. Uh, yes, that's, that's a different Tuesday true. topics. Yes, it is. But, <laughs> but but I was always told you you're you're living in a sided world, and that's not socially acceptable. And right. I agreed, and I've never done that. I actually had one person who I didn't know walk up to me, and we introduced ourselves, and and he oh, yeah. took he took my hands and wanted me to feel his face because that's what he expected me to do. Right. Yeah. Right. I've had that happen. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And and uh, and I have as well. And 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 I don't know if I can speak for you guys, but for but for me, uh, it it was almost uh, an invasive exercise. The person, yes. the the person was actually trying to force me to do something I had yeah. no desire to do. Yeah. But but more importantly, they were they were asking me to be interested in something I really didn't give a damn about. Exactly. And did you ever have the courage to say, my God, you're ugly? <laughs> I, I might say it no. now. I wouldn't have said it then. I did. Nobody. When I was did you college. really? <laughs> yeah. That's good. Oh, I love I'm it. Impressed. And what was the reaction? Well, that was, it, it was pretty astounding. It's like, how do you know? I said, well, you said I could touch your face. You, you know. <laughs> good but for you. But the funny, the harder issue is when people assume that you need to be prayed for about healing oh yeah well, on, on, was, uh, yeah so that's another that's another whole conversation but that's a similar situation oh, uh, when people and it, walk it, up to you and it, it is it's a it really is interesting i i remember when i was four years old mm. um this this woman walked up to my mother and myself and essentially said, I've been praying and God tells me you'll get your sight back when you're 12. <laughs> oh. and, and, and of course, I, I don't think I really believed it, but I don't think I could forget it either. Right. right. And, and of course, on my 13th birthday, I said, well, I didn't know <laughs> didn't what the work. hell she was saying. <laughs> But it's 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 amazing, you know. People people who should know better, um, is essentially essentially tell folks, and 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 there are all kinds of people who walked up to me and said, "You you realize you're only blind because you don't pray enough." Ugh. Have you had people ask you about your parents' sin? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. it's one of those uh, cultural. Uh, things that's uh, forced it justifies our being blind to some people they have to have an answer so they make up one they do well i'm i'm going to take a risk and ask rick whether we have any folks who are with us uh, a and b whether anybody would like to join in discussion of pictures and blind folks yeah we got area code 608 yeah area code 608 Hey, this is an interesting person to talk with us about this subject because he's he's our on and off again blind guy. Hey, Peter, and, and now a permanently blind guy. There and, you go. And I um, I uh, am not having to worry about it anymore. Yeah, um, well. I <laughs> I. Uh, 
there there are some colors that I mean are vividly in my head as yep. being colors, but that yep. um, I have now been blind again for uh, ten years, to eleven yep. years, and um, although I have I have the emotional sensation of some colors, I have no. Um, concrete recollection of what that color is. I, I, I know that if I were to see again, I would recognize it again, but that I can't, I can't bring it to mind. And um, uh, Rod McKelko, I don't know if you know who he is, but that he's a Canadian. Um, that uh, I, he, one of his comments was, um, Sighted, sighted people spend most of their time proving to other sighted people that they are sighted. And, and uh, I was just I was sort of blown away by it when he said it, but um, I, I, he's right, I, I think, I, that uh, the whole, whole issue of wearing makeup and dyeing your hair and, um, you know, hairstyles and clothing styles and color combinations and what colors go with what colors this year um, or in this period of history and what colors went with other colors at other periods of history. Um, I really don't think it makes a damn bit of difference one way or the other. Um, I'm I'm much more excited about um, texture than I I ever was about about color but there are a bunch of sighted people who would say to you peter um that's 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 why you don't have two trillion dollars because because you didn't follow the conventions of the sighted world to do what you were supposed to do which is to look the way they expect really successful people to look and so it's your fault that you're that that could be but you know um I I um I can't I can't get excited about it. I I remember when I was in college, uh, right after I had first gotten my sight back. Um, I was eighteen, and uh, one of the one of the uh, exercises that we had to do was we had to write um, about a place that meant something to us. Mm-hmm. And I wrote, it had to be, one, it was one paragraph. And I wrote the whole paragraph, and I was the only person that. Um, this is I'm sorry, that was. That, I, th- I think he got muted. Yeah, I, accidentally. I Hold on just one sec. Hey, Peter, are you back? I muted you by accident. I, I think I'm back. I'm yep, back. You are. You are back. So, so you were the only. The, you were the only person that that wrote this paragraph, and the professor said, "Is there anything unusual about this this paragraph?" And everybody sort of looked at each other, and he said, "It's the only paragraph that anybody wrote anything about. There is not a speck of color in the entire in the entire description." Mm-hmm. And and. Um, I uh, I remember what it was that I wrote about, and and to this day, when I think about that place, that there is no color associated with it. Mm-hmm. It's 
it is smells. It is it, its texture of air right. and temperature and right. Um, and and that um, so I mean does your your first question at the beginning you know is is art important and can art say things that we can't say in with words and yes it can. Um, and and for a major part of the, the population, it may make a huge difference. But for most of the people that see art, it's something that you have to be educated to know. Um, that um, I, I went to the Chicago Art Institute, and as a one-eyed, uh, you know, I had 20-30 vision, so I was... Uh, 2025, 20, 2030 vision. So I, I had pretty good vision. Um, just a, just in one eye, Peter. Right. Right. But that, but I would go to the art institute and and look at things, and um, I couldn't, uh, I I couldn't, I, I didn't know what the picture was until I listened to the audio description that went with it. Uh, from the art institute, so that when the when the uh, docent would describe the painting, it was like it had meaning, but without without the docent's expressions uh, explanations, that there was it was like just colors thrown on the wall, and so, and there um, there wasn't just just to to try to clarify and tell me if I'm wrong. So what I hear you saying is that there wasn't for you any immediate visceral emotional reaction um to to the material you were looking at right yeah i i had nothing um i've i've gotten thrown out of uh, several museums i got thrown out of the louvre uh, because um i i i was um you know they have everything uh, roped off Mm-hmm. But I, I couldn't I couldn't tell what it was that I was looking at unless I was able to touch it. So that sculptures were like, um, uh, unless I was able to touch it, that there was no there was no meaning for me. So um, when I was at the Louvre and I reached out and and touched one of the statues, that the guard came and warned me once, and I didn't I I was not being I was not trying to be disruptive, but that um, I needed to be able to touch things in order to be able to know them. And uh, and I accidentally reached out and touched something else <laughs> because it interested me. And I sat, <clears throat> I sat on the front steps of the Louvre until yep. the rest of the group that I was yep. with was, was done about four hours later. Yep. Au revoir, monsieur. It was very nice to have you. Now go away. Yeah. <laughs> you, I hope I hope that you have gone to museums since then and understood that if you call and ask, they'll fix you up with someone in particular who will let you touch some things. Not yep. all, maybe, but yep. Some anyway, of them. But yep. you do have to ask. <laughs> so, well, Peter. Yeah. Did, you can, did you start you out blind or sighted? You're blind. Yeah. Did you start I, out blind I, or sighted? I started out sighted. I okay. had twenty twenty vision until I was eight. Okay. And then, um, and then I had nothing but 
but uh, directional light until I was 18. Mm -hmm. And then I had uh, increasing vision from about 2200 to 2025 over the course of a couple of years. And then I had that for um, about 20 years. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then my vision dropped off. I had retinal detachment. So it would go from nothing to everything and then nothing again. So, yep. Um, yeah. So did you find that there were a lot of things that you had learned to do as a blind person that you found harder to do when you got some sight back? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was a piano tuner. And, uh, well, I still am a piano tuner. But that when I got my sight back, uh, the first piano that I sit, sat down to tune after I got my sight back, um, I saw all the hammers moving on the piano while I was tuning and it was uh it created sensory overload and I passed out so um mm. I I um I, I couldn't I, I found that I couldn't watch what I was doing when I was tuning it and so I I uh, closed my eyes while I was tuning it wow. and so that I could still be blind and tuned interesting yep huh. um what about, we were talking before about things like, was it harder for you to put keys in locks or to eat on plates? Did you did you find that things didn't stay no, where they were supposed to be? No, because I, I just, I, kept, I always uh, opened doors with keys as a blind person. I never, I never tried to look at what, the, where the key was going. Nice. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, so I, that, Peter... That, I want to know if in your dream life, when you were sleeping, when you had vision, did you dream in pictures or did you not? Um, when I was sighted, I dreamt in pictures um, that, that I, I lost my sight. I, I was totally blind by the time I was nine. Mm, okay. um, and and that I stopped I stopped seeing pictures by the time I was eleven or twelve. Ah, okay. And that, and that uh, when I got my sight back, that it was very very difficult, and um, uh, that that it took me about uh, five years to be able to be able to be sighted again. Wow. And, and then I dreamt in images, um, but that um, I I don't uh, now I've been blind again for about eleven years, and um, I I don't have sighted sighted dreams anymore. My wife, when she was alive, she had diabetes. She was a type one, and, and eventually her eyes hemorrhaged, and she was blind at the age of twenty two. But she told me that she always dreamed in pictures. Right. And we always had conversations about this because I couldn't understand that because I certainly did not. <laughs> but she said the thing that was really strange that she had to get used to was she kept dreaming that way. But 40 or 50 years later, well, not that many years later, maybe 30 to 40 years later, she would dream of people like her mom and dad. 
but they were the age of uh, of when she was actually still able to see. They did not grow any older in her dreams. And I said, well, what do you dream of when you see me? She said, I don't, because I've never seen you. I dream of you based on what I've touched, perhaps, you know. Uh, I've probably envisioned your face as when I touch it, but certainly not when I look at it. I mean, we had the most wonderful conversations because I bet you did. Yeah, we really did. It's it's another whole topic. Yep, go ahead. Here's here's what has happened, and and this is just me, maybe, but that when I got my sight back um, when I was 18, I, that I couldn't recognize anybody that um you know that i even even my mother it was like i had no no ability to recognize that one and recognize her because in part when i was when i went blind i was four foot eight and when i got my sight back i was six two uh-huh. and so all the people that were bigger than i was when i went blind were mostly smaller than I was when I got my sight back. And, oh, and I my couldn't, goodness. Could, wow. I couldn't make that transition. And, you know, my sister, my sister, which was, she was a skinny little eight-year-old, um, <laughs> that uh, when I got my sight back, she was 17, and she was working as a model for Mike and Rewards. And, um, and I, you know, I... I had no no ability to to make wow. that transition in my head. So um, there was one person that that had not changed enough so that I was able to recognize them. Uh, but otherwise, um, you know, so that that when when I hear people say, you know, I I see them, um, and and you see them, you you may have a really good recollection of what they what they looked like and that you may hold that, but it doesn't mean that you're ever going to recognize them if you ever got your sight back again. Yeah. And, 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 and of course our, our notion, those of us who are totally blind of, of um, physical beauty and physical ugliness has a lot more to do with smell and sound than it does with what a person looks like. Yeah, and also, also, um, well, sound in particular to how they move, right? But I mean, there, there, there are people with whom I could never have a long-term relationship simply because (laughs) their voice grates on my on 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 my head. I could think of one in particular. I think he had (laughs) he held office a year or so ago. Yeah. Not going there. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's I remember that. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> Sorry, Mister Mister Rick. Do we have anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I think Kaylee has been wanting to chat with us. Good. Yeah. Hey. Not sure we know you. Are you there, Haley? Well, you, Haley. you do sort of. No, yeah, you may not, but, but Dave. You know but me, but you don't. Rick and I just talked to her husband this afternoon. Hi, Haley. Yeah. Welcome. Hi. Some people from California know me, and some people from actually, they should know me. Yes, I'm Haley Berman. Um, nice. And I'm Haley Edick. So, um, 
that happens when you get married. Um, I was going <laughs> to say um, something that really brought colors into her forefront was in seventh grade, I did a science project and I investigated how, how, um, the, how light forms the color spectrum and right. kind of how the colors operate and mm-hmm. gained a bigger understanding about that. But besides that research, I did surveys with a bunch of different um, classes from a d- bunch of different schools on what did your favorite color sound like, smell like, taste like, hmm. and if it could make a sound, what sound would it make? Interesting. And kind of compiled the most common things that I could find. I got third place, and it was my first science fair ever. But, Good for um, you. I also got um, class to see if any if they could absorb a different amount of heat depending on the color of the fabric. Um, uh, and, and, you know, like and using an iron or a flashlight. Be, because, uh, as you may or may not know, there is a woman in Russia who could pretty reliably identify colors by the heat that they gave off. Um, in my in my experiment, blind woman. I, yep. I found that um, you probably needed something much more intense in yeah. my interpretation than an iron and a flashlight. So neither yeah. one could could make a difference for me. But, Interesting. Um, and in, yep. as far as colors go, I mean, um, I have two-sided children. And so when I had books with the pictures described with the colors, then I could mm-hmm. say, hey, look at their red hat. And it, since sight is so natural, how can you avoid colors just because you can't see them? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And about the face touching, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I grew up with a neighbor all my life. And I'd go over to her house their house to play with you know my friend as who is um you know the daughter mm-hmm. and their mom would go Haley Phil Jeffy's face he's growing facial hair and I, <laughs> I'm embarrassed and I'm like uh and yeah. she's like oh just touch it and I'm like oh my word and I was actually shy then and I was like I, I can't I'm not allowed to say no but what the heck are we doing exactly this Hmm. And so I put my hand up there touching. Oh, nice. And then <laughs> we'd run our opposite ways. Exactly. Um, hmm. So, so Haley, it'd be fun to see you if, if you could unearth your art, your, your stuff from grade seven. It would be fun sure. to see you publish it in the Braille Forum. Yes. I did, I did have it. And um, I'd have to see if I can read Smash Braille, which I can. Um, yeah. I believe it was transcribed too. So I, I'll have to see if I still have it around. I think, it, I think it'd be fun for, for, for other blind folks to read that. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, do you do you care much about pictures, Haley? No, and I don't, don't really care to interpret them unless I have to. Because yep. um, I did a lot in geometry, and it was extremely difficult to understand how these dashed lines are meaning dimension. I mean, meaning the depth. And right. the straight lines are meaning this and that. Um, it took a long time for me to understand. Um, and I think I tried to forget it as soon as I could. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, I mean, I, I but, can I can understand circles, but but spheres are 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 tougher. Oh my word! I was like, just give me the dimensions, and I'll do the math from there. Um, exactly. So, or give me a more more physical yep. object. They're like, can't you see this? And I'm like, no, I really don't. I don't get yep. this. Um, yep. So that took but, a long time for me, but I got through it. Um, I, you have no desire to see the Mona Lisa, Haley? No. 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 And I don't want to but accidentally I, reach out. I, I, I've, I've already but touched clothing on mannequins, and it was a lady who went, ah! <laughs> 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 so. Jane, you were saying something? 
But Haley, when I hear you laugh, I bet you look a lot nicer than Mona Lisa. Your smile um, and your laugh yeah. is so warm. Thank you so much. It is. Um, yeah. My my six year old is right here, and um, we think colors are important because when she has a scrape, I'll say, "Is it red? Is it bleeding? Um, what color is it?" And then yep. I know kind of depends yep. on how bad it is. Oh, and I think that's I, I think that's important. I think all of us as parents have to come to terms with some basic understanding of colors to ask just those sorts of questions yes. and know how kids are going to answer them. So I think that's a good point, Haley. It is. Um, but so far, us totally blind people aren't aren't appearing to regard art as very important. Um, let's see if anybody well, else can think, help us. Yeah, but go I ahead. think that the concepts in art are. I think relationships, I think spatial ideas, I think understanding, um, oh, what's the word where two Perspective. Yes, thank you. Uh -huh. You know, I think those are really important concepts, whether you apply them to art or not. I, I don't, the only reason I care about them in art is because I care about them as concepts. And that, but, that is important. But can, can we truly understand those concepts? Oh, well, I guess we can, not in relation to art, but when I think of, um, when I think of train tracks, you know, I can very easily picture them wide enough apart, but as they get more distant, they diminish. I can understand that. I'm not, I, 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 I think I can rationally get it but to 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 take to take an example um mm -hmm. that that really haley was talking about a, a little mm -hmm. bit um one of the things as i said that that, that i did when i was a, a little kid was to look at at pictures in mm -hmm. in um a boy scout handbook that the royal national institute for the blind put out mm -hmm. and they had pictures of a whole bunch of different animals mostly four-legged mm. and and i had all kinds of difficulty understanding that um these animals didn't just have four legs in a line but that, that they actually had four feet that somehow the picture communicated were separated ah. in terms of thickness. I that that kind of perspective, mm. or, or the understanding of three dimensions represented by two, was just something that my poor little mind couldn't get its, its if if my mind had a head. Mm. So, um, mm. so it, it, it that's 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 part of the stuff for me as 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 one totally blind person that makes art mm -hmm. so difficult because it's it whether you're talking about modern art whether you're talking about um, uh, more classical art the, the difference it, it is the relation of one thing to others that is at the core of what makes art exciting it, it, it isn't it, it isn't simply a single line it is it right. is the the way lines interact and the way colors mesh and the degree to which intensities vary and and a whole range of of subtle differences um that um 
that that for this poorly um, prepared um, visual person, mm-hmm. um, there just isn't enough meaning to make it e- effective. So anyway, I have to think about that because yeah. my my family were so careful sure. to make sure that I understood dimension that things could be side by side mm-hmm. or alternately arranged. You know, I don't. I have to think about that because when well, I dream, well, I don't dream in pictures at all. I dream no, I, in concepts. You know, right, I know it's. Yeah. So and so. Yeah. 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 Yep. Huh. Yep. Me too. Well, and yeah. maybe we'll sometime do a do a Tuesday topic on dreams. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, do we have anybody else whose hands are up? Yeah, we have David. Hey, David. Hey. Welcome. Uh, you spoke time we got another involved here. How are you, sir? I think I'm all right. Good. But I keep telling myself, no, I'm doing. Yeah. Fine. Um, I had three different things. Um, yes, sir. The first one I want to mention, um, you mentioned people wanting to pray for you and eyesight and all that. Um, I had an experience that was kind of uh, different. Um, People wanted to pray for us at this one church event that uh, my then-girlfriend and I were at probably about 22 years ago. And I didn't really want to do it, but I said, okay, sure. Then they turned the tables on him, and I told him, can I tell you what God's done in my life? And I just told him about my life and my blindness and mm-hmm. a vehicle accident I'd been in and nice my job and my, you know, and everything that was going positive. Um, mm-hmm. And so that was kind of an interesting one. The other one that I wanted to mention was about um, perceptions um, mm-hmm. of people on blind people. Well, I tell people I have enough vision to get in trouble, about 2350. And I was living in Bremerton again at the time, again, 22 years ago. I switched buses at the transit center, got on the bus, asked the driver, where's the seat to sit down? Or, you know, where's the seat available or whatever? They pointed it out. So I sat down and I used my phone. And it was one of those old phones, if you may remember, that had actual buttons on them. Right. And somebody walked by as they're getting off the bus and said, I can't believe it. You, you can't see well enough to find your seat, but you can see well enough to dial on the phone. <laughs> and I didn't even have a chance before they got off the bus to say, well, <laughs> buttons, I can feel the buttons, but, you know. Yep. It, it, it's, a, it's amazing what the perceptions are. And, and I think, and, and maybe Rick would, <clears throat> would comment on this too, but, but you and Rick uh, are, are, are in a situation where, where half the time you're being judged as sighted people and half the time you're being judged as blind people. So, um, you know, one of the realities is that, that the, 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 the question that seems to be in a bunch of people's minds for, for people with low vision is, is he, is he really blind or is he just faking it to get people's sympathy? Right. I was at a restaurant one time and I asked about the menu and I have a strategy I go through with the menu but I won't go into that here, but um, the when I asked the question about the menu, um, and I'd like to ask what's popular at first, you know, what do you like? But uh, they said, well, I figure you come here enough, you probably memorize the menu. And I had to bite my tongue. I wanted to say, well, 
probably not as well as you do since you work here every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just one of those things, you know, you just don't want to say that because you don't want to come off awkward, but uh, it's really hard when you don't see, you know. I've, I've, got, a, I've got a great menu story. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was at a business dinner. There was about 10 of us. And of course, you know, um, making blind jokes and everything was always something everybody loved to do. And I, I just played yeah. along with it and stuff. Right. And my wife used to always say, you know, uh, uh, you use blindness as a weapon. Huh? So, <laughs> I would manipulate conversations with it and so on. But anyways, I, I, I used to have to read very, very closely. Right. So I had this menu up in my face and I'm reading this menu. And the waiter comes up to me and says, sir, just want to let you know that is not a scratch and sniff menu. <laughs> everybody at the table stopped dead and everybody was, I could feel all these eyes staring at me, you know, like, what was I going to say? <laughs> well, dang. That's awesome. And, and, and I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I I said, well, you know, can you have your manager come over and just see me for a second? I want to talk to him. And uh, needless to say, I didn't pay for dinner that night. Um, but uh, exactly, you know, I, I, <laughs> that poor guy. Um, but anyways, I you know, I, I look back at that and I I, I just laugh. But you, you know, know people's people's perception is interesting i used to wander around with a braille copy of um, of playboy everybody used to um used to notice the bunnies on the cover and they'd say that's playboy and then of course they'd want to ask you know what about the centerfolds and the pictures and so they'd say um, can you see the pictures? I said, no, no, no. I just read this for the articles. Um, and, and then I'd get this sort of mischievous look on my face and I'd say, but on the centerfold, you should see the scratch and sniff. Yeah, yeah. Or they'd say, nobody reads Playboy to, to, to read the article. <laughs> All right. So let's see. Do we have do you have one or two more people or should we yeah, change? There's someone that's shown up as webinar. Uh, I was webinar. really curious about that. We, webinar yeah. ID is the hey, person's webinar. name. Yeah, I've never seen for it. No matter I've what the name turns out to be, that's what we're calling them. But, but go for it, web baby. They're, un- <laughs> they're un- unmuted. So let's see if we're, if we're getting if we're going to get. Uh, uh, you hey, know. web. I don't know if that's me you're talking about. That's it you. is. That's you. Because this is crazy because I do have a name and on any other call, it shows my name. Is I this don't know Pam, what, Pam Coffee? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That you, you got it. I'll yep. have to check my settings again and see what in the dickens is going on. Yeah. It's, um, you were probably in a webinar before. just before this. and it carried, huh? You were in a webinar probably just before this and it carried over. No, I was not in a webinar really? right before that. <laughs> uh, but um, sometimes when Zoom updates, it does really weird things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it and does. mine did. My, the app updated this morning. Yeah. Um, 
But dun, 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 dun. I know <laughs> you got it. But uh, what I want my comment, my observations, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, one one is that um, for those of us who have never had sight, people are trying to explain yeah. colors to us mm-hmm. in terms that only sighted people can yeah. understand. Yes. And yep. we can't identify with it at all. And the only thing I can think of that might be comparable to it would be if you took a bunch of people who were profoundly, totally deaf to a concert of very soft music. Mm-hmm. And it would not be loud enough for them to really feel the vibrations of a pounding mm-hmm. bass and drums and what have you. And so they're sitting there. They might, if, they, if they're sighted, they can see the people playing their instruments, doing what have you, but they don't hear the sound. And if we were to try to describe music to a person who couldn't hear it and couldn't hear at all, we'd be in the same predicament that sighted people are in when they're trying to describe color to us. I'm thinking about it, Pam. I think you're right. But I, but I think they would be in the same position, too. Um, I, I don't know that sighted people could describe music any better than we could. Yeah, and it's the same. It's the same idea that um, pictures, people who look at pictures, uh, part of the problem is it. Okay, maybe to a point you can't describe a picture in words, but right. the bigger issue is people don't want to make the effort to describe a picture. In words, no, I don't. Well, I don't I, think. No, I disagree with that, Pam. For some, for some of the time, you know, because I've been surrounded in my life by people who are remarkably willing to describe pictures, and I was thinking about th- this whole discussion, and I really don't have. I, for example, I love the book "Make Way for Ducklings." I used to love to read that. <laughs> And I know what a duck is. I know exactly what they feel like, but I don't have a visual picture of it. But I have Mm -hmm. such an exact conceptualization of it that Mm. that's a picture. Well, it's interesting because that's sort of the way way that I felt about kangaroos until I got to Australia and actually (laughs) saw one in person. And, mm-hmm. and it was very, very different from what I had assumed a kangaroo to be. I simply had not, had not imagined the difference in, in, in the length of the legs from the front to the back and the difference mm-hmm. as well in the, the width of the kangaroo from mm-hmm. front to back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and it, and it's, it, is, it is very, 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 very different from other animals like dogs and cats and oh, horses yeah. where, where, where you, you made the assumption that you understood, but, but in fact, I really didn't. 
Now I had I had never had a a a kangaroo teddy. So <laughs> maybe that's one of the reasons why I yeah. never understood it. I mean I I knew about Kanga and Baby Roo, but <laughs> um, but they were just concepts. They weren't they weren't um they weren't they weren't pure and 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 unalloyed um, real representations of the kangaroo in full. So I had never seen the statue even of a kangaroo, and I uh-huh. certainly didn't imagine the kangaroo's tail. I mean, that was amazing. Right? Yeah. And well, and another thing. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Jane. No. 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 Go ahead, Pam, and then then Jane. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, and and part of the problem too is. Uh, I think a lot of the time we, those of us who have never seen color and it's drummed into us like rote memory. Yes, you can uh, rote memory learn that red goes with this, such and such goes with such and such. But what it leaves out Mm. is the different shades of red and the different shades of this color and the different Mm -hmm. shades of that color and the differences in lighting and all those factors that you know in theory we sort of kind of halfway get but uh, because we've never seen color if something goes out of what we've learned by rote we're in the same predicament is as we would have been if we had never learned anything about color what a lot of us what a lot of us ended up doing is there was a a period and i don't know if they're still doing it now where where all the rage was having quote your colors done oh oh, yeah oh yes i remember that yeah you you (laughs) went off and you discovered whether you were spring or autumn or winter yes or summer Mm -hmm. um and I always, I always grew up thinking I was a winter, and it turns out that I was an autumn. Um, oh. And then, and then you get these twenty swatches of yes. <laughs> of material. And what mm-hmm. I did was to was to identify each of those colors with a letter from the alphabet, mm-hmm. so that I could then label my clothes as twenty one or eleven or nine mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and and would therefore know that that nines would go with nines and 21s would go and, and on and on. Yeah. And I too um, so had difficulty. I too had difficulty with geometry, with all the squiggly mm-hmm. lines that are supposed to represent the three dimensional. And I'm thinking, come on, give me a break. Exactly. I could never understand those. Anyway, Jane, yeah. you were going to say, Oh, I just, um, hmm, totally forgot. Oh, okay. I'll think of it. Sorry. Later. Very oh no, good. now I remember. So yes. it's I think it's important for all of us to be really strong to say, you know, I have an idea, I have a concept, I know what the tail is supposed to be like, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I've never handled one. And boy, that does make a huge difference. You mm-hmm. go, oh my gosh, that's yeah. very different than how I understood mm-hmm. it to be. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it it and and it's interesting. I, one of the one of the one of the more fascinating studies that went on uh, is a bunch of totally blind people who had grown up that way and, and were actually in college or beyond were asked about some very basic concepts that had to do with sight 
for instance, they were asked to describe a gas pump or were <laughs> asked to describe um, a, a vending machine. And for many of them, um, they, had, they had actually never seen those things. Um, mm. And it was only when it, it was only those kids whose parents had made a point of, of making them get out of the car and look at things like right, um, right. gas pumps or bending machines or um, parking meters or mm-hmm. uh, a whole bunch of other kind of day-to-day things that, that were a part of the environment um, that, um, that, that could, could come close to identifying what a, a gas pump or, or, or the other well, things think, were actually I like. I think that would be a great um, project to be a part of. You know, I'd love somebody who's looking for suckers or volunteers, yeah. you know, because sometimes I'd love to see how many things I really know and what I really don't know exactly conceptually about yeah. our, our world. Yeah. And, even things as concrete as machines, like uh, uh, a steamroller, mm-hmm. um, a tractor. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, it's a uh, fascinating. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hmm. All right, Rick, take one more tad to this, and then we're going to move on. Yeah, Gene Mann, please. Hey, Gene. Hey, Paul. How it's are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you? I am well, thank you. Well, that's good. So um, I was kind of hanging laundry when all this started, so I was kind of half listening. But um, I don't know if it's it's us ROP people or we just didn't grow up with like all these concepts. But I think it's didn't grow up with more than yeah. I. I don't think it's an ROP thing. I don't know, but I have besides, no, besides and besides which I'm old enough that I call it RLF anyway. Well, I do. <laughs> Yeah, it's RLF. Yes, yes. We used to sing a song about it, but I won't sing it here. Um, but but anyway, oh, wait, 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 I want to hear your song. Do I want to yeah, hear cool. your song? Retrolental fibroplasia. Well, call my cataracts too. Folks say I am a blink, but I know they know less than what they think because I got retrolental fibroplasia. And then it was something stupid like that. I walked into I a store and I ran into the door. I didn't know where to go. I can't remember the rest of it. it See, so now funny. I feel deprived That's because awesome. I never that knew was, that. Song. That was terrific. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to say I, I can spell retinal lentil fibroplasia. I'm, I'm scared of it because I had it and I said, I like, I like anatomy and physiology. And I said, by golly, I'm going to learn to spell my eye condition, not just RLF, and oh, it's no, definitely oh, not no. Rob. <laughs> anyway. I, I believe that. <laughs> All so, right. Do you want to hear my song about a cane? About a who? A cane, a white cane. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I, I'll only see you. Welcome to karaoke night. On Tuesday. Yeah, right. This is karaoke night. Yeah, I drive an automatic cane. It is a wicked hit and stick. You can use it as a weapon, or you can use it just to prick. And that's all I'm going to sing. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to imagine some of the other uses. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I just used mine tonight. I, I um, 
I dropped a bottle of detergent and it went way back in the corner. There's like a little space between my washer and the wall. Oh, and I couldn't it, so, so I used my cane to pull it out. Yeah. I used my oh, cane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. yes. Coke, so bottle, Jean, Coke bottles that roll yep. into the couch. Yep. You know, yep. like yep. that, so. so, Gene, do you care about pictures? No. In fact, I find them annoying. Uh-huh. When, I'm, when I'm reading, I'm, I'm just as happy having a caption at the end of an article. In fact, I, I ordered a couple things from uh, National Braille Press. I know the Giving Tree and I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. like that. And, and it really annoys me when there's only like one or two words on a page. I know they're trying to do it so that they can make it comparable for the, the parents of um, sighted kids. Right. It, it annoys me. I just want to read the text, put the picture <laughs> caption at the end, and I don't, I don't want to see them. I don't, they don't make any sense to me. I can tell if it's a square or a circle or a rectangle, triangle, but that's about as far as I can go. So I use pictures like that as a way, and I read a lot to children. And I love to have them have to tell me, what do you see on that page? Is it winter? Is it summer? Is your mother mad in the yep. picture? You know, blah, yep. blah, blah. I mean, that's how I use them. And but that's that, that's how I use them as well. When when mm-hmm. when When I read them to my kids, I said, Oh, you guys have to describe these pictures to me. Tell me right. what what are they wearing? What's uh, what right. what what's around them? On and on, yeah. on and on, and and so gradually you can get an idea of what pictures can do from what other people say. And right. and of course you also by doing that encourage your kids to, to translate mm-hmm. the visual to the verbal. Yeah, and that's huge. That's that's. You know, I suppose that's that's. I don't have kids, and I, my nieces and nephews have kids of their own, so I don't read to them mm-hmm. anymore. But um, <laughs> right, yeah, I, I always find I found pictures annoying. And when you're talking about, um, you were talking about well, all different things. Um, my, I have a friend who's partially sighted, um, and when he looks at people, he's not looking where he thinks he's looking. Yep, something about his eye condition, and. So then people don't realize he's talking to them and he gets really, really frustrated. And I said to him, carry a cane, you know, have, take a collapsible cane with you. When you get in a situation where you need help or you, you know, would be easier if you had help, pull out that cane and you'll be surprised how much more help you'll get. But he won't do it. Yeah. Well, in fact, I had, I had a guy who was exactly in the situation you're describing, um, Gene, and and would apply for jobs, and and I was his his rehab counselor for the Division of Blind Services at the time, and I thought he was really pretty damn competent. You know, he handled interview well, interviews well. Um, he he didn't ask the the, the really dumb question like who's going to help me go to the bathroom, um, or or any of those silly things. He he did everything right, but he was never getting hired, and I discovered. Finally, when when I, I I I sort of lost faith in myself, and I invited a sighted person to come in and, and be part of the interview, the person said, "I can tell you exactly why he's not getting the job. He never looks at the people he's supposed to be looking at because his eyes can't stay still. He has an eye condition where his eyes move all the time. So, if you want him to get a job," try to persuade him to wear glasses mm-hmm. wore glasses that, got a that job person face the 
person he was interviewing? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, but so it, he was it, face on. But, you're not looking okay. at him. Oh, yeah. You're looking down. But it, you're did, looking it, it didn't up. matter because his eyes were constantly They're moving. Legal. So okay. no, no eye contact could be maintained. Okay. Right. And I don't know, maybe maybe Rick can comment on this. Rick, would, would, would that put a put an interviewer off? I don't know, Paul. I I would think so, but I I honestly don't know. Don't yeah, know. it apparently did, because yeah. because right after right after he started wearing glasses, he got a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Were they sunglasses? Were they yeah. Charles yeah. special? Yeah, okay. yeah, afraid so. <laughs> yeah, I may, I, I, may wore... I may take that advice my next job interview because uh, right now I'm a I'm a what is my job? job. <laughs> Teacher assistant um, professional. They just changed mm -hmm. their job title from paraeducator. And uh -huh. um, like even when I've worked with young children, I've had a child say, "You're not really blind." And yep, I don't know what possessed her to do it, but one of my eyes is more atrophied, and she grabbed my eyelid and pulled oh. it back. Oh my and, gosh! And, and I thought I was so stunned. My mouth kind of fell open. And I'm like, okay, can't scream. I and I said, please take your fingers out of my eye. That's extremely dangerous. Oh. And uh, she fortunately let go. But I'm like, what is this girl planning to do? Dig out my eyeball? Um, oh. it was, wow. That's, that's scary. That's scary. You, yeah. you may be right that people, if, if we wear sunglasses, um, then they would think that you could see. However, um, in my early child development classes, I had had a professor for two different classes. And for some reason, she was talking about my friend of mine who was working in the child development center, and she was visually impaired, and, or she was blind and wore really, really, really thick glasses. Um, and it was my friend who was my roommate who could see enough to drive. And she thought that I could see more than her. <laughs> and I said, no, I know exactly who you're talking about. And we don't have anywhere near the same vision. I see nothing, no light, nothing anymore. And uh, she sees right. enough to drive. And it, I was, I was yeah. appalled that she thought that we'll I took the guard dog around for no reason. Yeah. Wow. Well, yep. so it, it me quite People's attitudes are certainly different. So it, it's it's interesting. So we we have we have a pretty pretty good group of folks here. One of the other topics that we thought we would explore a little tonight was how blind folks are portrayed in literature or on film and that kind of thing. Um, would would you say, you guys who are here, that that blind people are are portrayed positively in the movies? No. No. Well, it depends seen, on what your idea of positive is. Well, I can't say I've seen that many movies or read that many books with blind people in them. Yeah? The only one I can think of is a patch of blue, and, you know, that was, that was interesting, I, uh, you know. That was, I, I don't well, know if you remember that. So let's let's take that the, the, the patch of blue. I mean, one of the one of the points that was being made, I, I guess, was that was it because she was blind she couldn't tell the, the difference between a person who was black and a person who was white? Well, that was part of it. Yeah. A lot of times you I, can't. I mean, sometimes I you know can't I can't always. I can't I, always. But I, I, no, I, I, I mean I believe that, but I'm not. I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure that any of us would have had any difficulty telling the difference 
in 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 that particular case because mm-hmm. both both of them had had pretty recognizable accents. Yes. Sydney Poitier and whoever she was. Process of speaking. Um, yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, they both. He and his brother. His brother was part of the movie too, and they both spoke. They did have accents, but really not not so much. But it might have been the first black people she'd ever been around because you figure right. Right. it was right. back in the fifties and. You know, she was pretty sheltered. I mean, I, who knows when her mother made a prostitute, who she prostituted with. But uh, there was definitely a lot of prejudice because if you remember, sure. her mother had a fit when she saw her even with Sydney Portier. So, um, were, were were there some other demeaning things about blindness that were in that movie? Um, I don't know. Well, she couldn't get around anywhere. I mean, she never right. had a building. Right. So. So she, she couldn't go anywhere herself. Right. Um, when she, what, when what, her mother beat kind? her up and she got sick, her mother told right. her grandfather to clean it up because she couldn't see, so she couldn't do it. What kind of what kind of job was she doing? She wasn't. Mm-hmm. Except for when her mother you know, set her up with a, with a man. That, to, that's that's yeah, right, Peter. That's d- d- describe yeah. it to us, Peter. She was stringing necklaces of, of various size beads. Right. Um, well, that's and that, right. And that she had to keep the boxes of uh, different size beads together. And that I, uh, as as it was described in the book, I really was not, I mean, I understood what it was that she was doing, but I couldn't figure out why why that was even even economically a feasible position. Right. Yeah, it didn't seem so. Um, I but think, has, has anyone seen the movie? Uh, I mean, the show This Is Us. I think there's a blind uh, couple where the husband is the the husband or boyfriend is blind. But I haven't seen enough episodes to figure it out yet. I I haven't seen it. Nope, that's, that's new on me. I, I, I anybody remember um, Jane Eyre? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. When the husband oh. lost his sight. When he was oh, yeah. in the fire, the 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 Rochester, Mr. Rochester, and he mm-hmm. lost his sight. Yes. Yeah. Um does d- does that portray blindness well? Well, I don't it kind of happened at the end of the book, if I remember correctly. Um and he lost his sight, of course, later in life, and of course it was back in the eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. So blindness was a whole lot different then than it is now. I don't think so. In a lot of situations, I think there was tremendous pity going on right about then. And he right. wanted to destroy his life, right. although that, he, he didn't say right. so. But Right. He, 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 he probably wanted to kill himself, but he wasn't sure he could as a blind person. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there's lots of people even today that feel that way when they first meet. Right. Yeah. Sure. But but the portrayal but the portrayal of blindness certainly didn't suggest that that he was going to be a very um, functional, competent, capable member of society once he I'll lost. Be, his I'll be back in a minute. That's, okay. Yep, that's true. That's true. It's Merrill. That's true. It didn't portray him like that at all. Hey, Merrill. Hi, Paul. He, he, probably, he probably wasn't. And again, it was back right. in the eighteen hundreds and. Yes, black people weren't too productive in those days. Right. 
I find it fascinating that that that's written at almost exactly the same time that Louis Braille is developing Braille in France. Right. It, this this is true. In fact, Braille, I guess, came first because I'm thinking Jane Eyre came out in the late 1840s, but I may be wrong. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, so what, what about the movie, can, the movie, what was it? See no evil, hear no evil. The, the, that, the, that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did anybody see, oh my gosh. There was a show that only had 14, like 14 episodes, but we bought it because we were watching it. The producer's dad was blind. That stupid one where the, the stupid one where the, the guy was a lawyer and he was divorced. Yes. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid, stupid. but you have to let aside, set aside. He is still a blind parent. (laughs) Blind guys do still cut down trees. People was just this, don't think was this the one where where the where where the guy chased criminals over roofs with his guide dog? No, no. Oh, he, uh, there's another one. We got a guide dog, and I'm surprised that guide dog foundation <laughs> must their name because he'd feed the, the dog. This is the one where his daughter had all her friends over, and she wasn't supposed to. And she said, "Oh, my dad's home. Just stay where you are. He won't know how many of you no. are." Oh no! You can't see <laughs> that one. And and when he came in, I don't know what happened because I just saw the previews because the show looked so stupid. And he no, said it was actually years. funny. It was hilarious. Was it? It sounded. It looked stupid to me. It, he said it to was your hilarious. Fourteen friends to go home, but yeah, she said to her friends, she said, "Oh, just don't move when my dad comes in. Just stay. Don't move, and he won't know you're here." Well, that situation could actually happen. That you know, your kids try to pull things on you, and you figure yeah, that's out. That's kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, what kid would really stupid, what kid would really stupid, think they could get away with something like that having your they would, they would they would because my kids have you know tried to get away with stuff well, I, 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 think all, doing it. I think all kids try i mean i was i was a teacher for 10 years and <laughs> you know one of the things that i had to that i had to do was establish an environment where the kids didn't think they could get away with it yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. And, mm-hmm. and of course and, and of course to do that you, you come up with all kinds of tricks like somebody drops a quarter in the back of the room and you say, Hey Joey, you just dropped a quarter. Pick mm-hmm. it up. Um, I I've had I've had a kid I was um yeah, in working in an after school program and I said, You need to sit down like I asked you to and stop drawing mm-hmm. on the chalkboard and she goes, You're blind, how did you know I was doing that? I said, Well, I'll tell you right now that you just gave yourself away because you just said, how did I know you were doing that? Which meant you are doing it. (laughs) And, and, uh, you know, the little cute awesome braids you have in your awesome, the little beads you have at the bottom of your awesome braids. Yeah, those make a lot of noise. And I could tell how high they were. They wouldn't make a noise if you were sitting in your chair. But I also think as a teacher, it's really great to say, you know, I'm not telling you. You think my eyes can't see? I have eyes in the back of my head. Yeah. <laughs> but the other day, I, I, and I do, I, both my kids, they understand early that their mom or their dad can't see. Right. And, um, and that's, they come to grips with that in their own ways, in their own time. But mm-hmm. both my kids tried hide and seek, just standing still. Mm-hmm. And you figure that out. Boy, they got in trouble. You know, you answer mom when she says, hey, babe, where are you? And if you don't answer, you're getting. <laughs> Never. Yep. 
you know, you get a SWAT. Because you know some of those kids played hide and seek and she actually had to get the neighbors to help her find them. Because oh, no. wherever they hid, she couldn't find them. But the other day I was out walking and I stopped to talk to a whole flock of kids that were playing huh? in a driveway. And we got to talking and finally the oldest girl in the group came right up and got in my face. And she said, do you know that I'm black? And I said, do you know, I think that's great that you would want to make sure I know that that's important to you. And there it's important to me too. And that was the greatest conversation for her and for me then, because I had assumed her to be black by her way of speaking but um, until she brought it up, you know, she asked all kinds of questions about, did your dog see for you? Oh. <laughs> you know, just on and on. But for her yeah. to finally say, do you know that I'm Black? And I said, yep, I do. And that's important to me that you would ask. So it's interesting because, you know, one of the things, one of the things that, that, um, that, that, that I think came out of a patch of blue is that is, is, is this whole notion that blind people are color deaf, um, yeah. which which really isn't true. No, um, you, you know no. It, would, it would it would be nice if we could if we could pat ourselves on the chest and say that we lack prejudice because we're blind and so we exactly. can't be prejudiced. Mm -hmm. But it's not. There true. are prejudiced blind people. I, I was on the Roseanne Barr show and she had mm -hmm. a talk show. And um, sorry, this is Haley again. I was yep. about 18 and the rest of the kids were in high school. I had just graduated mm -hmm. and um, I felt pretty privileged to be asked to be on this show. And um, right. so all I knew was it was about prejudice. And I thought, oh, crumb, I've got my black lab guide dog here. And mm -hmm. I've already had a bazillion people say, why is your dog Casper? He's not white. And sure enough, she asked, she said that and I, I knew she would. And I should have said, uh, don't you know how prejudiced that is to assume that he needed to be white? Um, that would have been a better thing to say, but I explained how he got his name and all that jazz. Um, and um, and I, 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 I did it gracefully, but I really, on a show that was about prejudice, I would have said, I believe that that shows prejudice right there. Because you assume yep. that because my dog's name is Casper, he should be white like the ghost. Uh-huh. Well, and they were just trying to be funny too, maybe, but I Oh, she was, there. but it, it was it was a lame joke. It was offensive. Yeah, that's true. And I mm -hmm. I wasn't that offended because it, it it had happened before and I expected it. And I thought I just went to think, I mm. wonder if she's gonna do this. And sure enough she did. So I yep. was fully ready and prepared for what I was gonna say. When I was there nine when I was nine, I went away to camp for the first time. And it was a it was a, one of those camps for um, kids with disabilities and underprivileged kids. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of, there were a lot of black kids there. Well, I had never been around black people, and it took me a while to figure out. I couldn't figure out why all these people were talking differently than me. I thought maybe they were just mm -hmm. down south or something. Mm -hmm. I had no clue that they were that they were black. And I don't know how I found out. Eventually, you know, maybe I don't know. I don't know, remember how I found out, but I just remember thinking. There's an awful lot of people from down south here or something. They all talk different than me. When I was a senior in high school, I used to hang out at a wonderful coffee house called mm -hmm. Folk Singers in Portland. Nice. 
And I met a fellow and we got to talking in between songs and on and on we went. And um, as we talked, then I reached up to cradle his face. We were talking directly face to face with each other. And he put his hands on my shoulders and I reached up and put my hands on either side of his face. And when I did that, I touched his hair and his hair was, of course, black, 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 like right. black people is. And I was stunned. I thought, you don't sound like the wonderful woman from the American South who helped raise us. Oh, dear. How does this work? You know? Mm-hmm. And finally, I said to him, well, how come you don't ever let your hair grow? That was the only thing I could think of uh-huh. that could get that. <laughs> the real issue for me. And he said, I'm black. And I said, I had no idea. And he said, does that matter to you? And I said, well, no, as long as we both understand that that we matter, you know, and this was a billion years ago, but he'd grown up in South Africa. And so to me, he sounded as English as the queen or king. And so I'm picturing the queen or king but it was a very important episode for me one one of the one of the more interesting phenomena of the last um, maybe 10 or 20 years um, mm-hmm. is the number of fantasy titles that are being published with um, with black people as the dominant population in the world mm-hmm. and um, and white people people being the subjugated minority um and and I, I i i find it interesting that that people would feel that it's important to turn that around but i think it's increasingly difficult to to tell um to tell if a person is uh ethnically different um by voice anymore because i agree That's for the most part i don't care no, I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't think. I don't care. I don't, I, I, I don't think any of us care in terms of that relation, relational stuff. But would would we value things differently if we knew? Okay, I think it's really important, and I hear the "I don't care" and I get that. But right. I I want to know where did you come from? How did you get here? Right. What. How do you want me to address you today? You know, you're, and I, ethnicity does matter to me. So in the sense of judging a person, no, I don't care. In the sense of gathering wonderful human history, I care a lot. Well, I figure if we get talking and they want to tell me things, they can, but I don't you know, go out of my way to ask all those kind of questions. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about situations where we're actually interacting with these folks. I'm talking about, let's say situations where they're on television or situations where they're expressing a a point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think in some of those cases, it does matter. Um, I do too. um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure what I do about it, and, and, and I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure whether I would value um, what a person said uh, differently, depending on on what color they were. You know, I 
I, I was lucky in that I had the experience of living for, gosh, from the time I was 13 until I was um, 31 um, in, in countries where um, white folks were a tiny, tiny minority of the population. Hmm. And, and in both of the societies I lived in, one of the things that happened while I was there was they became independent. Um, the countries did. And so they were no longer a part of this, of, of um, the British Empire where the rules were being made by folks in England. They were making their rules themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in many cases, they felt like uh, the people who had held them back and who had messed up their, their whole society were all the white folks who were their colonial masters. Mm. And uh, this is Meryl Paul. That's why you have an, uh, such an understanding of the International Relations Committee and the Multicultural Affairs Committee sure. because of all your experience. Yeah. Or at least I, I try to have Meryl, and I, and I think <laughs> it helps because, because I've been in that other place, and I've, I've right. been in a place where where I was very, very undervalued. Um, and, and also I've, I've been in a place where I've, where I've interacted with, with blind folks who, um, who are at the very bottom of, of those societies to, to a large degree, because, um, because they, they, they lived in a society that didn't value disability at all. Well, and, I'm going back about movies. I can't think of mm-hmm. movies particularly. I guess I'm thinking more of um, books. Yep. But I I so dislike it when the aim of anybody who has a disability is to regain total phys- physical capacities. That's so right. disappointing to me. Now, there's one thing about fighting hard to regain good therapy, but I remember in the movie Coming Home, um, Mm-hmm. Jane Fonda was in it. It was about Vietnam vets. Right. John Voight? You thinking of John Voight? Uh, he was the he was the vet that she. The, well, okay. Else too. So anyway. I don't remember. I don't remember their names, but I remember um, the one she was married to had psychiatric disabilities up to his eyeballs, mm-hmm. and finally he walked off, and I think he committed suicide. But the one who was physically disabled, so it was visible. And he'd crash his wheelchair into things, and he got over it and was content being a person with a disability in the world that he lived in. So he was right. by far the better character. But I, I don't like it uh, when people are made out to be extremes. Um, either they're great miracles or they're, Totally inept and incompetent. Just let us be, would you? What about people like Tom Sullivan and and the movies that he made, or or um, the what's the, the the movie that starred um, Dustin Hoffman? Was it? Um, oh yeah, when he was uh, this um, the oh god, Rain Rain Man. Rain, Rain Man. Man. Yeah. Well, that wasn't the one. That wasn't the one I was thinking about. I was thinking about the the one where he was a. a a, a blind veteran. He ends up driving a car all over Southern California. Oh, Fourth of July. 
No. I didn't. I don't know that I saw the it. scent of a woman. That's the one. Oh, then I. Danny Chapetta, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi, Hi, Annie. Welcome. Thank you. Glad it's to have movie. you. I guess I wasn't impressed with it because I don't remember any. <laughs> we we so so you guys we are yeah. we are honored to have an artist with us who can who can maybe talk to us uh, per, perhaps more sensibly than we can. How how Annie? How do you think? that blind people have fared in the world of literature have been been well treated um no i don't think so no yes. <laughs> uh, um i think it's getting a little bit better but it's not mm -hmm. happening enough and it's not happening right. as frequently as as we would want um when you were talking about um, the historic representation of people who are blind mm -hmm. uh, in film and stuff like that. I thought of Mary Ingalls from I'm Little sorry. House in the oh, Prairie. Yeah. Yep. Like, yep. Like, wow. Like she, she kind of had a happy ending, you know, yeah. she, she found the, uh, the guy at the blind school who loved her. And then she mm -hmm. eventually, I think got her vision back, you know, maybe, you know, but yeah, that but, was, but, but that was that was the cool thing. I mean, everybody said magically got their vision back at the end right. of things. But I don't I think know. that happened in real life. No. I think that was no. that was just part of the little house, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Peter, Peter, mm. if you're still here, if you get your vision back, you better write a book, okay? <laughs> if you get it back again. Yes. Right. Yeah, well, I don't I don't have to worry about it. My my both my eyes are plastic right now, so Oh, I love it. But, uh, if that, I have that, to do uh, that, but, I want stars on mine. I may have that's to right. do that. <laughs> you never know. Someday they might still find a way to laser something. I, the something. I, I had a, a terrible period of about six months, um, six or seven years ago, where everywhere I would go, my right Ooh. eye would fall out. Oh. <laughs> well, there's an ad on TV now that's just your speed. It's a, it shows this guy dancing and it's an ad for false teeth, though. It says, I was dancing with a lady and my teeth fell out. I go, oh, how rude. I think in general, though, the, the representation of blindness um, in, in films and in literature um, has, has mirrored the way that the rest of society perceives blind people. And that's probably yes. as it should be. Um, mm -hmm. The truth is, and and it's and it's probably true that the attitude towards towards um, towards women, the attitude towards folks who are mm -hmm. black, the attitude towards um, uh, towards LGBT folks is is based on what the larger society perceives these folks to be. Um, and so it's only when attitudes really begin to change in our society that the, right. we can expect that that the that the arts will catch up with with the way people are. And, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure they ever will in in terms of in in terms of blindness and that kind of stuff because whatever whatever we we say about blindness and about the degree to which um, we're our own people and we're proud of being blind on 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 the rest of society still regards blindness as either the first or second most feared disorders in the world. Yeah. You know the movie that I found the most difficult to tolerate. And I just, it still breaks my heart. 
first of all, the movie itself, and then to see people so shocked when I say I don't like it. But I did not like the movie Forrest Gump. Um, and people just are shocked out of their minds. And they say, why? And I say, because he never got to decide anything for himself. It was always, what's her name? Maybe Julie or something. It was deciding things. And that just made me so, so sad. Mm. The, book, the book was, this is Peter, the, the book was better. Yes. I hope so. Um, I haven't read it. Yeah, it's worth reading. Well, the, uh, I will. Yeah, I, will. It, I, I think it is worth reading. Okay, um, the movie that I thought that depicted blind people probably the best, it took me a while to remember this, um, Edward Albert, in one of his first movies with Goldie Hawn, did a, a, uh, did a movie of a Broadway play called uh, Butterflies Are Free. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love that movie. Was, that was probably the best depiction of a blind person, I think, that, uh, that I can think of on, on uh, movie. It's and, and it's is probably, that based on a book? It, it is. It's based mm -hmm. on a play, which I think was written by a blind guy. All right. I'll go. Yeah, and that it was on Broadway first, and then it was a movie. It was. Mm -hmm. And uh, Ed, Edward Albert and, and, uh, and Goldie Hawn, and she did, she mm -hmm. did all of the sighted sort of trick things to... Right. Um, yeah, I, it was... It was, and, and he talked about the fact that his mother was an, was a, an author that uh, wrote books on Donnie Dark, who was a yeah. super yeah. Superman was, blind person. Was, that, mm -hmm. When he was afraid to do things, she would write more. I'm telling stories about Donnie Dark. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Like yeah. He wanted to take right. him to swimming lessons, and he was afraid, so she told him about Donnie Dark and every, um, every and. and the play is a or, or was available uh, from NLS, not not as a play, but uh, as uh, it was read. So called and, and butterflies I, are free. It is. Yes. Yes. I'll look yep. it up and I'll go read Forrest Gump because you said to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I heard that laugh. <laughs> so what? What? Um, what should we do about the way that we're being depicted in literature by the rest of society? This is Annie. Um, Annie. Yeah, I well, I think we should just keep moving along and yes. and getting our tribe uh, together. Mm -hmm. uh, I was able to be one of the authors in an anthology that was released last mm -hmm. year called the Artificial mm -hmm. Divide Anthology, uh, anthology um, put together by Renaissance Press, and it's it was all visually impaired authors and their short stories and they had to have a visually impaired protagonist de de uh, depicted in a strength-based um uh way in the story and so we have a there's a whole book it's called the artificial divide anthology and um robert kengett uh helped put it together and i think this is one of those stepping stones if we can just keep the momentum going yeah yes. and there there are a few blind writers who are who are being published in anthologies like that i know diana noriega is another person who is mm -hmm. um yeah. but, uh, but beyond that are, are there other things we should do should we should we be yelling at society for inappropriate depiction of blindness now and again <laughs> Sure. You know, um, if, when we if, can, we should. I mean, yes. You know, 
sometimes it's not appropriate and sometimes it is, um, you know, poor portrayals of what's realistic. Uh, and when, when we can, we should really put people, um, you know, make them accountable for what they say. Well, for instance, let's take an example. What about how, how should we as blind people have reacted to daredevil? To who? Daredevil. <laughs> I never saw it. I, uh, I didn't see it either. This is Annie. I, I, I did give it a shot and I did listen and I did, um, read some of the uh like the the scripts you know from the graphic novel and stuff right and to me it's just imagination like everything else it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me for some reason and i can't figure out why but wouldn't you say wouldn't you say that that it creates expectations for blind people because dare dave Daredevil is a blind superhero, is what it is, um and doesn't doesn't it create expectations um that blind people can't be expected to meet, and that uh, that 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 suggests that all of the problems that we have in terms of doing things are trivial and unimportant. I think, I think sometimes we take all this stuff too seriously, and <laughs> and I think the majority of sighted people know that blind people aren't really like no, Daredevil, but they're not no. really like. The people portraying yeah, movies. Now there are always some. There, are, there are always, you know, there's, there's always some. Um, there's, there's always some that will be that way with every, yeah. every, you know, every ethnicity, every gender, every whatever. Right. I, I think sometimes we worry too much about this stuff, and what we need to do is just like live by example, and most people get it. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true, Jean. Mm-hmm. I think we do need to, to set an example, but I think that. Um, I, I, I think there are, there are two portrayals of blindness and they seem to me at least to be the most common. One of them, which is, which is the one that, that I think has been most common literature portrays blindness as, as the end of everything. And anybody who is right. blind is, is helpless and incapable. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I, that's by far the more common one, but then I think there's the other one that does for me at least just as much harm. And that's the, the, the blind the blind person is superman yeah right yeah. there there are two the books. inspiration porn <laughs> yes inspiration porn. I, I i only ran across that term a couple of months ago i was waiting for somebody else to say it um i i i love that term i think that term is wonderful one. there were two uh, books about a, a high schooler who had an eye condition that i I don't think it was real. It was well portrayed and well imagined, but somehow her intellectual parents figured out a work through a workaround. And she, what was the name of the damn book? There, there are two books that were written by a um, a Canadian children's author um, mm-hmm. uh, about um, her growing up, and she is actually visually impaired. Um, and those books were quite excellent in, in, and, and she has, she has made her living. Um, and I, I'm blocking on her name at the moment, but she's made her living or something like that. Sorry. Yes, correct. Yep. So I know, I knew her. She's now passed. She and I were friends in Canada. Yeah. In Guelph. But yeah, she wrote, she wrote very well. 
There was another yeah, woman, it, Beverly, somebody that was flying that wrote books too. Beverly Cleary? No, no, it was blind. Mm-hmm. I don't know what her name was. But Jean Little's books are well worth looking at because they yes, don't only they deal are. with blind people. They they deal with people with other disabilities and mm-hmm. and her her tone her tone is interesting. I, I I would certainly hold it up as one of the things um, that that um, that that depicts people where they really are, rather than in some imagined place where where society believes us to be. Yeah, and Catherine Schneider is another delightful, just delicious writer. She has written mostly adult books, but she's written several now for children about disability. She was the head of the psych department at, in Wisconsin at one of the universities. No, not a lady I know, US. so, and no, some of it is on Bard? Yeah, it is. How mm-hmm. is it the CAT Catherine or the K um, Catherine? Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm glad. <laughs> C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E, I think. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I have not read her. Is, I will check her yeah, out. She's, yes, please she's do. Right I'm going to go for right. now, but I love this <laughs> evening. I really have. Well, so thank I'll, you very much, all of you, for well, coming. Um, and 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 in particular, Ms. Feta, we're very glad you're here. And I think we'll all jump out and grab the book you talked about. Is is that available on Bard now? I, it's not on Andy. Bard yet. No, it, but it, it, uh, I don't. You know what? I I think yes, and it's an Audible book as well. Nice. Um, so it's it's uh and, and it's available um on overdrive in um in libraries in, uh, yeah. yeah i you'd have to request it and they'd have to get it but it is there well i think that's excellent thank you so much for joining us come back and see us sure. again when I you will. publish when you publish your next book let me know and we'll we'll have you on to talk about it well it's published <laughs> it's, it's it just got released this week so very good we'll what's it called what's it called it's called Hope for the Tarnished, and it's a young adult coming-of-age novel, and it's up on Amazon. How cool is that? So um, drop, me, drop me an email, and we'll set a date, and you'll come on. All right. Great. Thank you. One of her poems is in the March um, Braille Forum. Yes. Oh, yes, Jean. Thank you. You're welcome. That's exciting. All, these, all, all these exciting people from New York. Yes, Peter from Wisconsin. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just going to say that going back to do we need to do something about the language, um, Forbes, Forbes just came out with an article uh, yeah, three days ago um, on microaggression, disabilities and micro, uh, microaggression and language surrounding that. And I, it was a well-written article um, if you have if you can get access to it uh it doesn't deal with blindness in particular but um it does talk about uh, the the uh culture that we live in and microaggression language and um and calling it out thinking that we just going along is not is not solving the problem hmm. so i, I- I, I'm not. Maybe it's maybe it's my senility. I'll, I'll get to you in just a second. But Peter, I'm not sure I know what microaggression is. So, okay, microaggression is um, things like um, 
uh, derogatory comments that are are semi humorous, uh, but are are um, are pointed like the the issue. Uh, the one of the situations was uh, uh, people with uh, power chairs or scooters uh-huh. uh, that use uh, and and you know people saying, "So do you have a license to drive that?" Um, Ooh, and yeah. um, you know those those kinds of of they're sort of offhand comments, but um, yeah, that they're they're there I, to to demean demean your you know to to question your competency in all kinds yep, of things. Yeah, we, we we've actually started to talk about that um, in in some of the some of the ACB blogs and also on some of the ACB lists where people are are exploring how we feel about different terms that are applied to us and stuff that it's okay for us to talk about. Um, but I think that's a good idea. I think we might do stuff on political correctness and political incorrectness and where those lines get drawn and that kind of stuff. So thanks. And Jane, I think you wanted to make one last comment. Was it somebody was asking for the floor? Anyway, Actually, it was this Jane. is Shirley. Shirley, go Shirley. ahead. Miss Roberts. I've, Hi. I've had my hand raised for a while and, and, um, uh, Rick had given me the permission to unmute, but I didn't know if I was supposed to talk or wait. I know you're uh, you about just, getting ready to be done. Yep, so. we are. Anyway, um, just a couple of quick things, and I'm backtracking a little bit um, sure. from from earlier. Um, first of all, someone asked about This Is Us, and um, that show, two things. First of all, uh, they have had some segments where this one person on there is teaching some blind students um, at a school, but also there is an actor on there who um, is visually impaired and he was involved. uh, You know, the one night we had that big celebration for audio description and stuff like that. Uh, There were some promos with him. Right. And his name is Blake. Stadnik. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess the other thing I, I was curious if, if anybody else but me had uh, seen this show that was on a couple of years ago, I would have liked to have talked more about it, but I know it's too late now, um, mm-hmm. called In the Dark. Oh, yes. And this is Annie. That was sort of a strange show. This woman <laughs> was playing a blind person and she was trying to find out what happened to this guy she knew and she was a little bit of a seedy character. I mean, she, she kind of <laughs> hung around all kinds of places and she had this guide dog named pretzel. Yes. And, um, <laughs> you know, her, her parents owned a guide dog school and, you know, should, all this should, kind should of we stuff. All, it was, should, should we all go and look for it? Yes. This is yeah, I, I really it, think you yeah. should. I really yeah. think you should. Uh, it would be interesting to get, your opinions on it and i know it is available i'm thinking maybe it's out on netflix or something like that some of the stuff from the series when they were netflix yep in the dark we will check it out i will check it out everybody out i'd be curious to hear what you think some point thanks very much you guys you guys have once again made this made this a fun show i appreciate everybody's participation and as usual, I appreciate um, 
I appreciate Rick and Larry who have made this program effective and appropriate. Thank you so much, you guys. Don't know what I would do uh, without having you here. Next week, I think we're going to do an interview with a single person, though I still haven't finally firmed it up. We are not going to have a show on the 15th. And on the 22nd, um, we are going to do a show on um, the uh, McDaniel First Timers Awards and how they work, and also talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Edward McDaniel and, and the contribution that he's made uh, to ACB and, and why his, his contributions are as important as they are. So I hope you'll join us for the next several weeks of Tuesday Topics. And in the meantime, remember, as long as you see yourself in a positive light, that's who you are. Good night. <laughs>